Hey everyone, welcome to our mini series. We have been working so hard on this, trying to figure out what direction we want to go in, and we can't wait to launch it with you this week. We are calling this the Thrifters Villa Roundtable. And this week, and probably for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about moms and motherhood and what that looks like while you have a reselling business, while you're trying to balance all the things that come with reselling. But I want you all to know that it's not just going to stay on motherhood. We will be looking into fatherhood. We'll be looking into caregivers, all different people that are in our community and just showcasing what those realities look like when you're trying to run a business. So we hope you enjoy this series and let's just dive right into it. Let's learn about Mogi Beth and what motherhood looks like for her. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Jen. And today we are going to start our new mini series all about moms in the selling community. Yes, that's right. We're so excited about this project. It has been in the works for a few months, and we can't wait to share these stories of new moms, veteran moms, all the moms out there who are in our community. So from running a business to caring for your newborn, making sure that the household chores are all done, and also trying to make time for yourself. We want to know how do they do it? What's the secret sauce, right? What are the struggles that they face? And how do they handle the push and pull that happens between running a business and being a mom? So that leads us to today's guest. You guys might remember her from episode one of this year, season three. I mean, she's our good friend here on Thrister's Villa, and her name is Mogi Beth. Welcome, Mogi. We are so happy to sit down and chat with you again today. Yes. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. We are so happy, Mogi, and welcome back. And of course, congratulations on the birth of your beautiful baby daughter. Thank you. We're so, so happy. She joined us Earthside July 3rd, so she's about two and a half months old. Oh my goodness. She's already ready for college. My gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So most people know who you are, um, but if they don't, I guess you can just give a brief little overview on what who you are, Mogi. <laughs> Hi, okay. Um, so yeah, my name is Mogi Beth, and I have been reselling on Poshmark for I think five years now, and about four years, I think. Uh, I've been full time. I also now sell on eBay. Um, I, before having a child, wanted to build out a reselling business that could run a little bit by itself. So I have an office space, I have employees. Um, and uh, I'm grateful that I did that because now basically what I do is work with my employees, my virtual assistants. And I get to source most of the time. And then I look over listings and I price things out. And that has been so helpful during motherhood, but it's still a lot of work. Um, I used to source via liquidation and retail arbitrage and online arbitrage. Now I've changed my business model uh, to where I now primarily source at the Goodwill Outlet or the bins. And so that's also been an interesting transition I that coincided with motherhood. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I have a YouTube uh, channel. I am active on Instagram 
and I try to give as much advice that I've learned as I can on those places, but it's always, you know, a learning. (laughs) I'm always learning more and more about not only how to be a better reseller, but also balance reselling and motherhood now. Yeah. That's that's really awesome, Mogi. You know, I want to say, I think that a lot of this, like Danielle and I said, we've been having this conversation about wanting to talk to you know, mothers in this reselling business, right? Like we said, whether you're a new mom, a veteran mom, um, you know, uh, just kind of talking about the changes and what does that kind of look for you, right? And I I think that what really prompted us and pushed us more to finally have these conversations is for, at least for me, was kind of like your YouTube videos with which kind of you alluded to, you know, you had mentioned about your YouTube video that was called The Truth of Reselling, that one. And also I can't do this anymore, you know, that is a really big one. And I think that um, you really opened up our eyes like, wow, you know, there, this is a conversation that we should be having, right, in the community. I know most of you, as you know, I, I am also a newish mom. My daughter is two years old. And, you know, I've gone through a lot of these transitions. And, and I definitely was like, am I the only one that's feeling this? But now I'm seeing, you know, that like we were talking about, a lot of us are within the same age range. Um, you know, at least that follow each other. And a lot of us can be younger, younger moms. Um, and I always want to hear, you know, what, what is kind of going on in, in your life and, and, and the difference, right? And so we wanted to start like with particularly with new moms, because you can really give that perspective of what life of reselling looked like, you know, pre-baby now in post-baby, right? So um, we just want to say again, thank you so much for, for coming on and having this conversation with us, because you know, being a new mom and talking about all this can be really sensitive. And and we hope that, you know, we have other listeners out there that are feeling this same way. And just knowing that, you know, you're not alone and your challenges and your struggles and your wins too, at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So we definitely want to kick it off Mogi. And the first question we want to ask you is what has the adjustment period been like? And I guess let's start from being a full-time seller and not having a baby and what that looked like to pregnancy and being a full-time seller and like getting ready, like you kind of alluded to, and now baby's here. And now what does that look like? So I guess walk our listeners through that whole process that you had mentally, physically, all of that. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, Well, first before I get into that, that's a big question. question. Um, I think like societally, uh, you know, there, there are a few times in your life where you have these big transition periods. I remember when I graduated high school and I went off to college, that was a massive transition period. I know that, um, you know, being a new mom, huge transition period, and there's a lot of congratulatory conversation. Um, and, and with those congratulations comes almost kind of this like underlying expectation that like, this should be a period of like, just pure enjoyment and happiness and excitement. Um, and it is that, but I think there's just like, there's still, uh, I think a lot of discussion and conversation about the difficulty of that transition period, because any massive change is going to come with a lot of friction. Um, especially I think when you tend to be someone who is goal oriented or achievement oriented or productivity oriented and, um, I think a lot of resellers are. So, um, I'm really grateful to y'all that you're opening up the floor to have this discussion because I think there's still a lot of it that needs to be had, especially in the reselling space. So, um, because I think the reselling space obviously is a lot of women and a lot of women who become moms, um, or are moms. So, 
Um, anyways, I found out I was pregnant. I, it wasn't a planned pregnancy. Um, and so that might be unique to my story, uh, but I'm sure other people have gone through it as well. I had been with, I'm with my partner. It'll be 12 years in February. So it's not like it was a new partnership. So that I'm grateful for that. Um, and we are, you know, committed to each other to be lifelong partners. So there's that, which is I'm grateful for, but we weren't planning on having kids just yet. So when I got pregnant, it was a surprise, a shock, <laughs> and we weren't totally prepared for it. Um, so I had nine months to prepare and I read as much as I could. And I'm actually really, really grateful that I read as much as I could because um, I didn't only read about um, you know, birthing and breastfeeding, although I did read about that. I read about parenthood because I, the way I was raised, I didn't want to necessarily emulate that. Um, I think for people who were raised in really functional, stable homes, like you can kind of go off instinct because if you want to imitate your parents, then you're you're going to do that anyway. Um, but for people who are ro- uh, raised in more dysfunctional uh homes, which I was, I had to kind of teach myself what that, how to do it, how to function as a parent. So I read as much as I could. And I had been reading actually before getting pregnant and going to therapy and all that stuff. So, um, and I'm still listening to tons of parenting books, but, um, so I was really preparing as much as I could. I took it very seriously. Like the, I think it's, you know, the most, uh, the biggest responsibility I've ever had in my life, obviously, but also like the biggest honor and privilege. And so um, I really, but at the same time, I really, really, really did not know what to anticipate with motherhood. And I've dealt with depression my whole life. So I really thought there's a good chance I might have postpartum depression. Um, I thought there was a big chance that I wouldn't feel connected to motherhood immediately because I'm so I've been in the past anyway, so career oriented and so ambition oriented um, that I felt like I was afraid that, you know, baby might take away from that. But, and that's the thing is you just don't really know how you're going to respond to motherhood. It's really hard to know until you're in that situation. And um, how I responded to it was completely different than like what I fathomed. I actually... I became someone who's like completely obsessed and in love with my daughter. Like I am just, she like is my whole life, which is maybe not the healthiest thing. (laughs) I'm like trying to, you know, not let myself become overly consumed in motherhood. But um, I started actually resenting work. And Mm -hmm. instead, and so it kind of went the other way where I was like, I reselling, which, you know, has been my, career for the past five years I started resenting and I wasn't anticipating that and I had to sit down myself and ask myself okay well do I want to keep reselling which I I am in a position where I can't stop working and so that wasn't an option um but do I want to keep reselling and if so in what capacity and what do I want it to look like and um so yeah that's kind of where I, I decided you know to make some changes in my business model. Um, and also, you know, just kind of sit down with myself and talk about some of the hard truths of reselling, be honest and, um, really kind of fledge out, you know, what's working for me and what's not. Yeah. I want to 
kind of go off of what you've said before, when you found out that you were pregnant, at what point were you like, all right, what does this mean for my business? Like, how am I going to actually be able to sustain this full-time empire that I've created? Because you have, but it is Mogi, like you've created this system and these employees and people depend on that paycheck. And like, there's this whole world and it's very different than what some other resellers out there um, are dealing with, or maybe they want to get to that point and they don't, and like, that's an internal struggle that they have. So like, how were you able to figure all that out before Billy Lou was born? Um, I don't think I figured it out before she was born. I think what my mode of operating was or thinking was prior to having a child was like, I can take it on. Like I will pull myself up by my bootstraps and make it work. And I believe myself, I can do this. And I think after I had her, I realized like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and taking it all on yourself is no longer an option. Like you can't say yes to everything. You can't do everything. Um, you can't work like 24 hours a day. You have to sleep in order to be a good mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you just have way less time than you ever had before. So there's just, you know, there's a limit to your resources. And before I was a parent, I um, had a hard time in terms of taking on way more than I could do. And, and now it's like twofold now that I'm a parent and I've just had to be really realistic with what can I do? And I've had to say no to myself. It's not just saying no to other people, which it's hard, but I can do that. It's saying no to myself and my <laughs> desires for what I want to do with my work. And um, also just being honest with myself and whenever I have a desire to do something, I talk to my partner. I'm like, what do you think about this? And he's like, you can't, <laughs> you can't do more than yeah. you are now. If anything, you need to cut back. Um, so now that the solution is not take on more by myself, it's okay. What now delegation is a huge thing, you know, asking for help, which is very, you know, not, not, that's not easy for a lot of people. And it's not easy for me. Um, and just being very clear with where my priorities lie and trying to, um, you know, put like really focus on what's first priority, what's second priority and what can I cut out? And I, I, I think I'm still very much trying to figure out how, what that looks like. This yeah, is the perfect know. segue to all the questions that we have. Thank you. <laughs> well, you, know, you know, Mogi, I think that, um, the the toughest part too about like you can prepare as much as you want to prepare but nothing really can prepare you for having a baby until the baby's yeah. actually there and I think for me something that I didn't think about was that I always thought about what can I control what and I always know that like most of the transitions that we've had in our lives right whether it's school getting married whatever it is that you know moving to a new city a lot of it is like you can control the narrative but now you've got this small little child who has no, no idea and doesn't even care what your narrative is. Yeah, <laughs> This baby wants to be fed. This baby wants to be changed. This baby wants to be whatever it is, you know? And so I think I didn't factor in that the baby also is its own human and its own thing. And it thinks and it feels and it needs other things. And until you can get it to whatever age that is for your child, that child needs you a hundred percent for everything. Yeah. And, you know, and 
another thing too, for myself is, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful too. I have a really wonderful partner as well. You know, my, my husband, same thing. We've been together for about 15 years and, um, you know, it's like, I didn't anticipate to how much more the baby needed me though too. Yeah. That was a big thing too. I thought one. I've got an awesome partner. It's fine. It'll be, yeah. fine. he can take on 50%, but then you don't realize, Oh wait, I'm the one that makes the food. <laughs> if you're <laughs> breastfeeding, like, yeah, it's or mm-hmm. pumping or, you know, if, if, if that's the avenue you go down. Yeah. It's not going to be 50, 50. I think that's a huge thing. Like even if your partner wants it to be 50, 50, a hundred percent and showing up, it just can't be because even if like they bottle feed from pumping, you still have to pump. And you still have to pump the milk. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, if you want to breastfeed, it's not going to be 50, 50. And I a hundred percent like relate to that so much because, well, it's really funny before, you know, before we were ever pregnant or even like you know and thinking about it like our whole relationship I've always told Matt like you're going to be the primary parent and I'm going to be the primary breadwinner <laughs> like that was like I was really trying to <laughs> make that the narrative of, so that oh, yeah I totally said the same thing to my husband because my husband <laughs> is like you know he is the oldest of like 28 cousins or something like that so wow. he's changing his diapers his whole life has been really good. I was always kind of like that, like, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply person that I was like oh new baby I'll wait till the baby can support its head and then I'll carry it kind of thing you know I was always <laughs> yeah. more like a dog person and so I always told yeah. them, you're gonna be the one taking care of the baby you know yes. and then it's like no Jen you know you like you're ridiculous <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like it, it's so funny I'm exactly right I've never been a baby person I've never really been a kid person like I didn't grow up around babies or kids at all um I've like hold held one baby like when they were first born it was my niece and it wasn't really that much I mean I got a little kind of crash course but um but yeah so so I really really did not know what to expect when um I had my baby and I wasn't putting the pressure of knowing what to expect either like I Mm -hmm. I didn't really I read a lot of books but I didn't take birthing classes or you know even like baby classes or anything like that beforehand but um I didn't anticipate that when she was born it I would be taking on like way more than my partner would but I all actually like I think prior to being pregnant would have looked at that and been kind of resentful of my partner but I, I for whatever reason for me personally I'm so grateful for that because I've actually really loved being like breastfeeding has been so amazing and I and that's you know a whole other it's thing having that connection that, yeah that it's just such a special time I, and I am so grateful for it and I wouldn't trade it for anything. So if anyone's listening who like wants to become a mom and is kind of like, oh, I'm going to have to take on more. It can be a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it has been for me. And so it's not something. And, and that's the other thing is that like, I always prepped Matt that he's going to be the primary caretaker. But then as soon as I 
had Billy Lou, I was like, I can be the primary character. Yeah, you're just like, no, 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 <laughs> I, didn't I wouldn't want do it. to say <laughs> that at all. And I'm like, I'll be a stay-at-home mom. As soon as I can do that, I would love to do that, which I can't now. But I literally would never, ever have thought that about myself. My whole life, I have told Matt, I've told everyone in my life, I'll never be a stay-at-home mom because I grew up in a community where there were a lot of stay-at-home moms. And I looked at that and I was like, oh, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Like, yeah. but it's just when you become, it's just when you become a mom, things change, like just perspective completely changed. And it's just something you can't really anticipate or plan for. There's something <laughs> that Jen and I always talk about when, you know, when we're not talking podcast stuff, when we're just having conversations as friends. And one thing that um, Jen and I, and you are too, Mogi, is we are very independent women. We do what we want to yeah. do when we want to do it. We know <laughs> how we want to do things. No one can tell us no. And that's just how it is. And something that um, I've witnessed as a friend, you know, being very close with Jen, but then also kind of taking into account of when that time comes for me too, is how much that independence goes away because you you can't do what you want to do anymore and you can't run the business like you want to run it and you can't go sourcing and you can't go out with your friends and you can't go to lunch or like this, or you can't read that book that you've been dying to read because it's really hard to make time to sit there and read that book or listen to the book. Yeah. And I think seeing Jen transition through that um, has given me, a, you know, more insight on on the, what that really looks like, especially, you know, being in my mid thirties and and just kind of like what that experience is even like. Because mm-hmm. Jen is a couple years older than me, but like mm-hmm. just having that that knowledge and, and and understanding that whole independence aspect of it too, because that's a really hard thing when you are so headstrong like we are. It's a very hard thing to come to terms with, and I know Jen can absolutely speak on that because it's something that she still has a hard time I do I do um mm-hmm. balancing. balancing it all out I definitely yeah. still do I definitely Jen did you was the independence piece was that a big thing for you like oh yeah a hundred percent honestly when my husband and I get got married in our wedding vows we talked about how we were two very independent people that were dependent of each other <laughs> you know and, yeah. and and that was always so important to me to always maintain my independence and um have I, I don't know and, and I was definitely that that type of person too Mogi where I was like you know I had a, a mom that stayed home and I was really grateful now as an as a new mom I I understand that but when I was younger I was always like no I want to you know run a company and I yeah. want to be a CEO or a VP and I had all these big dreams and I always knew like you said like no, I'm not going to be a stay-at-home mom. That's not what I want. And now I always ask my husband, I'm like, so I'm like, what promotion do you need for me to stay home? (laughs) (laughs) Ellie all day. (laughs) I know. Yeah. It's so, yeah, I know. Now, first of all, I have so much respect for parents, you know, it's like in a way that I couldn't have had before, but also like have so much respect for stay-at-home moms that you definitely didn't have before. And I think a large part of why I didn't want to be a stay-at-home mom before was like ego. Like I just don't think societally yeah. we um, really value right. like parenthood as much as we should. And I think in this country, people, anyway. In this yeah, country. yeah, in this country, one hundred percent. But it's interesting, not only the independence thing, but also I know I talked about this like too much, but the introversion thing. Uh, I'm someone who needs a lot of alone time and oh yes any yes. alone time no. now. And I don't know, I'm, I don't know what alone time is anymore. <laughs> it's like when I'm in the shower, that's my alone time. time. <laughs> Literally, yeah, this is my alone time in in the shower. Is your yeah. alone time? 
just going to the bathroom (laughs) like yep yep I totally know that and you just like sit there I I literally and I know every single mom has probably done this gone to the bathroom and just not even go to the bathroom just sit at the edge of the tub or sit on the toilet and just like yeah I'm in the bathroom and just like let me just go through my Instagram just for like five minutes or something and just to come down and then all right let's go back in (laughs) yeah I mean even especially with toddlers I mean I can't I'm bracing myself for that (laughs) when Billy was able to be like asking for me um so that will be interesting but yeah but it's it's so much fun though when they do ask for you you're like yes whatever you want oh my gosh let's play it's fun it's fun yeah yeah I mean yeah I can't the first time she says like I love you I know I'm gonna start ball crying like I'm waiting for that day she hasn't said it yet but I'm always like I love you and I'm just like but she does come up and ask me for hugs and that I just like puddle on the floor so they're all special times yeah I think you know just enjoy and embrace it all but like you know kind of like what Danielle was saying like it is, it is tough. And I think, especially for a lot of our reseller friends, right? Because I would say that most of us fall on this boat. I think a lot of us are independent people. I think a lot of us do tend to like to have our own space and our own time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that is one of the biggest allures, right? For you to be an entrepreneur and to work from home, right? Not wanting to be in an office or anything like that. You don't really need all of that for yourself. Like you can motivate yourself to move forward in your business. Mm -hmm. So it is tough when you bring in motherhood that takes away a lot of those elements. And it's like, but it's stuff that like you want it, but at the same time, it is hard to let it go. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, kind of, like you said, kind of finding, finding that balance. So um, like, I know we've kind of alluded a little bit about like, as a business owner, you know, what are the most difficult parts for you as a motherhood? You've kind of talked about, you know, different aspects of things that you've had to let go um, in, in your specific video, if people haven't watched that video of like, I can't do this anymore. You talked about how, like, there are things that you need to start cutting because like you said, yeah. time is incredibly valuable, right. Yeah. As a parent. And you want to, like, for me, I knew that like, I'm like, I don't want to be, and this is just me. Like, I didn't want to be taking LA to three or four different thrift stores. You know what I mean? And trying to find inventory and product. Like I would rather have stayed home or take her to a park or do something different. Now, yeah. every mom is different. I've heard some moms that are like amazing beasts who are just like, yeah, I take my kid to the bins and then I feed them in the car, you know, and then we like have fun and make games and everything. And that's amazing. But yeah, tell us like, what was your thought process on that? On the things that you felt like you started need, needing to cut and why they kind of were cut, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so one thing I cut is I cut my YouTube in half like I used to do two videos a week and now I only did one and that was a big that was a really hard decision for me um because you know YouTube does I do make money on YouTube and uh, we do have that side of the business um and also I just like creating content so that was hard saying no to that um and then also with reselling I just had to get super specific about what my business model was going to be and so that I could draw really clear I could be really clear with Matt about this is when I'm going to be sourcing and I'll be available the rest of the time. And and that's actually a discussion that we had. He was like, well, it's going to be hard because you're going to have to go to the bins and then come home and be a mom. Like there's not, you know, it's not going to be like, oh, you come home and rest, which is what I used to do. (laughs) (laughs) Let's rest. What is that word? (laughs) So, you know, I was like, okay, I, that's hard, but I'm, I can do that. I can figure that out. 
Um, and so far, it, but we didn't anticipate, you know, there's just difficulties. I, I, um, when I go to the bins, it I would get phone calls from Matt, like, hey, you need to come back because um, she wasn't taking to the bottle, but she was, mm-hmm. you know, she was, and then she wasn't. Yeah. And those are things you can't anticipate. And um, it's like, well, if I come back, we're not going to have inventory for this week. You know, it, it's just like, you know, have employees who depend on that inventory. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's difficult. And I think we're finally getting into a rhythm. Um, but we decided to transition into that business model for a variety of reasons, but, uh, partially just because like it retains really low cost of goods, which allows us to have like a wider profit margin. And we needed that in order to like float a bunch of business costs and also like provide us for income. And also liquidation is just, it, it's, I don't know, liquidation is a whole other can of worms, but um it's there's some stable elements and there's some very unstable elements in that like you can't always rely on it being coming in mm-hmm. each month and it's very expensive upfront costs and like we just had got hit with a few liquidation purchases that were horrible and you know and essentially you're just trying to like break even on those and whatever liquidation is called other can of worms but um being in portland oregon we do have a unique competitive advantage in that our Goodwill outlets are great. They're close. There's several of them. Um, and so we just decided, okay, well, we've always kind of floated around this idea of having that business model, having a more low cost of goods, volume-based business model. And so what does that look like? And let's just try to go for it. And so that's what we've done. Um, it's We're still in transition into that because we've had a different business model for like the vast majority of our reselling career but I can't even remember the original question it was, <laughs> it was aspects of the business <laughs> that you're letting go <laughs> oh, okay yeah so we changed our business model we let go of YouTube um and uh we've also just had to be very clear about like our different uh roles within this business because we're okay. starting another business too which hopefully will be launched at the end of the year but um that's something we're both very much involved in and we've hired employees for that as well. And so we are, it's just where we both had to be very clear about what hats we're going to wear in that and very clear what hats we're going to wear in the other businesses. And so it's just, you know, it's communications, a lot of conversations, and it's a lot of like, okay, well, I want to do that, but I just can't. Like, I just have a limited bandwidth, so I'm going to give this to you and I'm going to trust you with it. And, you know, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and good luck. Right? Otherwise, I can be involved. Yeah. And I think that's important too is while you're letting these things go, having the understanding of like why they really need to be let go and like, okay, it's all right if you don't have control over this right now and yeah. someone else takes control, or maybe it goes away completely and you revisit it in a couple years when your yeah. daughter's a little older and you can start, you know, looking at things a little differently. But like right where you are right now you have to let these other things go has there been items in your business or or things that you like to do that you refuse to like let go of you're like no this is mine I need to continue doing it um there's some things I can't let go of like Hmm. I can't give YouTube to somebody else um (laughs) I can't sourcing can't really let go of I mean I could try to train somebody else but I think that training process would be really long and whenever you 
transition someone into like that role there's a like huge learning curve and it's Mm -hmm. very costly in some ways and I just didn't want to take that on um so sourcing and YouTube are the two things that's like I've got to just keep you've got to hold on to those yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um whether I want to or not but those are the two things I like the most so that's fine but um it would be nice if I could I'm always 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 even before I got pregnant looking for ways where I can extricate myself just Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't rely so much on me yeah yeah absolutely I, I think one of the things that I've noticed from you that's refreshing to see is that you have realized, and this is even before um, your baby was born, but you realized very early on, like, I can't do everything. And it's okay if I don't do everything. And I'm just gonna stay in my little lane over here. And I don't care what everyone else is doing. That's great. I don't care what the people in the community are doing. Fantastic. Good for them. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna see if it's gonna correlate with the things that I need to do. But if it doesn't, I'm just going to leave it over there and they can have fun with it. And I'm going to stay right where I am. And I love that perspective because that's how I look at things. So I respect people that can, that can do that. But I also understand how people get the urges or they feel like they need to be doing what everyone else is doing or keep up with what everyone else is doing. Like I see both sides of it, but I am very much like, I'm going to stay over here where I know I can control a lot of things. Yeah. So yeah. I give you credit for being able to do that because when you are in our, our little niche, I mean, it's, there are people with larger followings and you are one of them. And it's hard to not have like that constant pressure of wanting to be in every space because people must yeah. anticipate you being in every space. Yeah. Yeah. I well, have either of y'all read the book, The E-Myth. Um, I have it in my cart, but I have not read it yet. <laughs> I do have it. <laughs> well, uh, basically the thesis of the book is that um, if you, if your business relies like completely on you, you don't have a business, you have a job. Yep. And um, that I read that book before I started reselling and um, it just like been permeated my entire reselling career where I was like, okay, I don't want to have, I, I mean, I think reselling is jobs, great job for a lot of reasons it's also a hard job for a lot of reasons but um I was like I don't want to resign job I want to resign business and so I tried to build out systems and create like employees and have it be a something that I could didn't rely on myself but doing so made me much less relatable and so I got the comment a lot on YouTube and on Instagram which is totally fine I just had to really like you said be like okay well there are a lot of people who are doing it differently and that's totally fine I'm just gonna I gotta commit to this and do it this way and that's what works for me and, and to be honest if you know people are listening who want to enter motherhood or parenthood in the future and want to maintain a reselling business I think that's actually a fairly good way to go about it because it did allow me to take like a month and a half maternity leave which isn't that long but you know it's longer than what a lot of yeah but you're still you still get to be home right yeah, like it's still good yeah. to be home with her, and it's really nice. And I know, yeah, the same thing for me. Like, I ended up being home with Ellie for a whole year, you yeah. know, because of reselling. Um, and and which was great, you know. And yeah. I was able to have a more relaxing pregnancy, even too, yeah. in a sense where I wasn't like having to get up and get ready and go to work and go sit in an office right. and or go into labor while I'm in office. A lot of girls I remember that did. <laughs> they were like. Oh my gosh, my water just broke because I worked. Oh at the my gosh, there was a lot of young young women, you know, and yeah. and and then um, seeing their heartache and their heartbreak when they had to come back 
was yeah. always really tough. I remember, you know, every single mom, new mom cried at least once for the first yeah. day, you know, and then I would even remember because I sat across from my boss and there were some girls who were like, I'm not coming back, you know, and I could hear, hear them having that conversation. Like it's just not going to happen. And, and I always knew I didn't want that. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I didn't yeah. want to have to make that choice, you know? And, and so it was like reselling brings, you know, um, like you said, it's, it's a good opportunity for you to, to be at home. It's possible to do, it's a lot of work, right? But it is possible for you to do, to be able to be at home yet still, you know, have income, have your business, you know, keep having something for yourself. But you, like you said, it's about finding that balance and prioritizing, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, what is going to be important? What's going to bring you the biggest bang for your buck? You know, how can you utilize that time that you have? Cause it's so precious now. Yeah. Really wisely. Don't you ever kick yourself though? And think like, Oh my God, I could have done so much more when I didn't have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was doing a lot. I, you were I, doing a lot. <laughs> That's true. You are doing a lot. Well, there's uh, an exception to that. <laughs> you probably no. is. I do think well, I, I, think I just oh didn't God. value uh, I didn't value my time. Yeah, you just value time differently. But I don't kick myself because it's like, I'm really glad I did take those lazy days. You know, I'm glad I did take that time to just loaf some days because I can't do that now. And I think I, what I kick myself for is just the shame I felt for doing that. And it's like, I wish I would have just been grateful instead of like feeling shameful. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, yeah. there's... There, I can't go back and change that. No, hindsight's 2020. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, if you don't get it, just like, take take a day off to just do nothing, you know, for those of us who can't. (laughs) And don't for a second feel ashamed about it. Like, just enjoy it. It's true. That's really good protective, Libby. We had some other questions here, but we've kind of already talked about the next Mm -hmm. few questions. We already talked about your sourcing, um, things you never really thought that you were going to be challenged with, that you were challenged with. We do want to talk about your most recent YouTube videos because I think they were extremely powerful. And you may not have thought of that when you were releasing them. Maybe you were nervous that people were going to judge you a certain way because of um, you know, what you were saying in them. But I know I sat there and I listened to them and I was like, good for you, Mogi. Like oh, you needed you. to do this, I think, for yourself. Like it was like a therapeutic piece mm-hmm. for yourself. Mm-hmm. But I think other people in the community to hear it as well and like hey listen guys we got to talk about this like I'm just not going to do what I did before and I'm sorry if that's disappointing to you but this is what I need to do for me and these are the steps that I'm going to take um so I guess walk us through like what were you thinking when you were making those videos were you nervous to make them like I'm sure you filmed a few different segments and you were like nope not gonna put that in like how did that all work out for you um uh well, yeah, I think writing them out because I didn't, I, what I used to do like maybe a year and a half ago or so is I would write out everything that I was going to put into like every line that I was going to Oh wow! Say. And I, and there were actual videos where I had like a teleprompter and I just read it. Um, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> oh, like the business, like the heavy ones, those are 
<laughs> and sometimes if you look closely, I'm like, it looked like I'm reading, but now I don't have time to do that. So I didn't do that. I just wrote out some bullet points that I wanted to cover. And that's the thing about um, motherhood that it's changed me in a lot of ways, but my perfectionism, I really just had to let go because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, I don't have time for it even to attempt to be perfect. I don't have time to be anything but myself because I just have to show up and that's all I have time for. <laughs> and so that's really kind of, I'm like, that's the direction I have to take my YouTube channel is just like me and just being authentic and just talking to the camera like I would be talking to any, just a friend because that's all I have time for. Um, and so that's kind of how I approached it was like, this might not really resonate in the same way my other videos did because the other videos I used to do, I wanted them to be like really information heavy and like really valuable. And I wanted to leverage every minute to like jam pack with information. And I'm not saying I'm not doing that now, but I just, now it's just authentic and more kind of just me saying my truth, I guess, and just being kind of like what we're doing today. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's why I approached it. I just made bullet points and I was like, okay, I'm just going to speak to these things and how I'm experiencing them now. And, you know, maybe it'll resonate with you or maybe it won't. Uh, I was kind of afraid that people would be upset that like, I don't know, there was a clickbaity or something, <laughs> but like it's the truth about reselling. I mean, that sounds really, but it's just my truth. You know, I, I, that's the, that's how it is. And I can't do this anymore. That it was a massive transition for me, like letting go of the way I'd been doing things for so long and just changing it entirely um, in doing so, not knowing if it's going to work. And I'm still there where I'm like, really not sure if this is going to work. And I think like giving myself this period of, okay, we're going to try this out and see. And that, especially having a child who also depends on this income now, like that's a very rocky place to be. And I think that is, I, in in my um, truth about reselling video, I talked about this where it's like there is um, the flexibility that comes with reselling is amazing. The fact that, like you said, Jen, I don't have to go to a nine to five or I'm away from my child all day long. Like I'm so grateful to reselling, and that's why I want to make it work. Um, but it's also just like there's instability inherent in entrepreneurship, and there's inconsistency inherent in it, and our family is in a place where we're relying on reselling a lot um, for income. We don't have, you know, Matt doesn't have a nine to five job. So um, that is just really, really hard. And it just weighs on you. You know, it's constantly over Mm -hmm. your head and you're checking your sales constantly, like just to make sure that you can pay your bills (laughs) and pay, you know, your other business expenses. And um, so yeah, I just wanted to be honest. And I always think of YouTube and Instagram as like a snapshot in time. I might look back on those things and be like, well, that didn't work, you know, and I can, mm-hmm. I can talk to that when I learned those lessons, or I can look back on it and say, Hey, this worked for me. And this was my process. And here's, here's what I did and how you can do it too. And eat, both of those things I think can be valuable, but, um, yeah, I'm just, I think, being, trying to be honest and authentic and just trying to document this whole process. <laughs> I think the authenticity is what people crave on YouTube because mm-hmm. there's a lot of the, 
you know, the things that are more produced and all of that kind of stuff. And I loved your videos before and I love your videos now. That's not going to change, but we're also friends. So it's like, you know, <laughs> I'm a little biased, but, um, but in general, I think when people see like that authentic side of creators, they're like, oh, oh, they have these real emotions that I actually have as well. And I never thought about it that way. You know what? Good for her for coming out and saying all of this because most people don't want to because they're afraid of what everyone's going to say out there. And so at the end of the day, what does social media really mean? Unless it's making you lots of money out there. Like, I really don't care what people think about me. And if I don't show up every day, I don't show up every day. Like, yeah, there are more important things. And I think you clearly stated that like, yes, I love coming on here and teaching you guys things in the community of YouTube. But I also realized that my capacity is only this much. And these are the things that I can give you. And I hope you're here for it. But if you're not like, I get it. I understand. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. That's a huge one too. Like, uh, I, I haven't been great about my DMS, like answering my DMS ever, but especially in motherhood, I'm like, I, there's, <laughs> I, it's like a choice between taking care of myself, taking care of my daughter, answering someone who I don't know on Instagram, like the end, the choice is very clear. Like I, you know, but I, um, actually, but you know, I think people are actually fairly understanding about that. I think so. I think people understand. I think people are very like, I think people like Danielle said, crave authenticity and, you know, and you're just being really authentic. Like, I'm really sorry. Like, this is just where I am in my life right now and my journey. Um, I think the biggest thing is like, that's not to say that things won't change. Right. Cause I think we're constantly evolving, constantly changing. Our children are growing up. Right. And different stages, they may need you more. They may need you less. You don't know what that looks like. So like you said, I think you put it really nicely that it's a snapshot. Like right yeah. now, everything is just a snapshot in time as to where you are right now. And you can definitely learn from from these, you know, videos and, and this journey that you're on. And I think as you as you evolve more in your motherhood journey too, you'll you'll start learning, oh, you know, like um, you know, now I can bring this back in, or now I need to take this kind of out or something like that. And it's just high, kind of being, like you said, being flexible right is a big thing and yeah. and being being open to that flexibility being able to pivot too and i think as resellers um and entrepreneurs we've learned how to do that anyways in our business right so it's definitely really helpful to be able to know like i've got to make some changes right now but maybe it's not permanent right maybe it's yeah. just temporary for now yeah. and 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 that's totally okay and i think a lot of people um you know they understand that and they feel that too because it's like this whole pressure and and i know a lot of people have talked about it like having it all. I hate that word. You know, I, I really do. It puts such unwanted pressure, especially on, on women, you know, to, to, what does that even mean to have it all? You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It could be different for you, different for me, you know, different for everybody. So it's like, I think you're doing exactly what you need to do being exactly where you need to be and, and making, making those changes. So, you know, like, you know, I'm just really thankful. Thank you so much for, you know, kind of coming on and, and talking to us about all this stuff because, you know, motherhood and everything can be a very sensitive and emotional topic for a lot of people, yeah. you know? And so, um, like I said, hopefully a lot of our listeners who are new moms going through this right now or thinking about, you know, expanding their fam- expanding their family, or, you know, maybe you're just a veteran mom and you're like, yes, I remember all these kind of feelings and everything, you know, I think it's all important. And, um, you know, it's really great that we're having these conversations. Yeah. yeah. Just to, just to piggyback on something that you said is that um, kind of my whole mantra uh, during 
I mean, I'm only two and a half months into motherhood. So yeah, I'm definitely still learning a lot. Mm-hmm. But my whole mantra is one day you'll miss this. Yes. And um, yes. I, when I first gave birth to Billy, like I was crying nonstop because I didn't want her to grow up. Which I, <laughs> I used to look at moms who would say that and be like, that's kind of mean to your kid. Like, they're going to grow up. <laughs> I am the same. Mm-hmm. But I I I was bawling not to I mean it's partially the hormones. Um but yeah, this I think like there's so many gifts that come with, you know, this new perspective, but one of them is just like being very present in the moment. And I think when you are yes. an entrepreneur, a lot of times you're just planning and goal oriented and you're very future oriented and you're like, you know, trying to get as much done for you know, your goals, your ambitions. And motherhood just really strips you that it's like the antithesis of that where it's like there is your baby doesn't have any concept of your future your ambitions your baby doesn't want you here right now you know and baby does not know what boundaries are (laughs) exactly uh so Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's I think that's been a massive gift and um that motherhood has given me and and like something that you know, I, I tried to be mindful of before, but it, it, I think until I became a mom, it didn't really like resonate or, or didn't really like sink in on like a full level. And now it really has, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know how, where I was going to end that, but I think there's a lot, a lot of, as many, I know we're talking about the struggles of being an entrepreneur and a mother, but I think there's just so many gifts that come with it too. And I just want to speak to that as well. I don't want people to be scared because it's just been for me, such a massively positive experience and like, we'll figure it out. You know, I think recently it it just has to, it has, we have to figure it out. But like, I think also as a community, us talking about these things and sharing what's working for one another is so massively important because it allows more moms to work from home and more parents to work from home and be present with their children I think ultimately that's what we all want so thank you all for like creating the space to have this conversation oh, yeah absolutely um well going off of that Mogi is there something in your life right now that is like a non-negotiable that may take you away from the baby the business but you need to do it for yourself to make you feel good something self-care related maybe it's not even self-care maybe just taking a nap you know what I mean? Maybe it's like, I, I just want to go outside for 10 minutes and just sit. Like, is there something that you have created in your, in your life that is like, listen, I need to go do this. It's only going to take 15 minutes of my time, not related to work, nothing. Um, I'm trying to work out twice Good a week. For you. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Like, That's great. Which sounds like, but even that is kind of actually driven by, uh, I'm wanting it to do it for her, which is, I'm not even going to get into why, but, um, for me, not yet, to be honest, like I haven't, I I think the workout is a great, is a great one, Mogi. Honestly, I think that's a great one. I think the working out is a great one, honestly, because it's so hard. I I'm still like trying to get a workout in like a couple workouts in a week. And it's really, really tough. Right. Cause either you're really tired. What I would do is I would in I would incorporate Ellie into my workouts. So I would like sit her, you know, like I would like sit her up and like lift her up like a little kettlebell. Like there's actually some really good YouTube videos of like mommy and me workouts. That's that's a great idea. Yeah. And I would do those where I would lay her down and I would do push-ups and like give her a kiss as you're going up, you know, just like little things like that. And um, like um, bridges, you know, where you can like sit her 
you know, down and like, yeah. And it was actually really fun. And I don't know that I guess my would be my advice for you. That's what I did. And just incorporating her into it. And she really liked the up and down and all the motions and everything. So, yeah. yeah. And then as I get older too, I just know this from experience from having nieces and being a teacher of all different ages, when we used to, because in one of the schools I worked in, we had um, one of the classrooms did yoga every day at like for like a half hour. Wow. And this was a group of, uh, it was an integrated classroom, preschool classroom. They were older preschools. So I'd say they were like between the ages of four and six, like not yet ready to go to kindergarten, but like they're, they're there. So a little bit older in that half hour time period, it was like close to the end of the day. Um, we would do yoga together, but like the way that the kids would watch you and want to mimic the things that you did, even with the, and the younger kids would watch and they'd be doing it from the other classroom. And like, just like that experience of like them doing something with you. And I mean, they're already understanding it as a baby and seeing you adding them to different things. And as they grow, you keep incorporating them. So it's definitely like a great bonding experience, but you're still able to get endorphins in a different way than just Mm -hmm you know, doing the business, which gives you endorphins, taking care of your daughter, which gives you endorphins. These are different endorphins that just bring you to a different level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, real talk post birth, like you have so many hormones, your body's like, it's like a whole new system. And so that's actually why I really need to work out. It's like sweating out the excess of hormones because my body still has like a ton of hormones. Um, so just on a practical level, I think you know, is really important. Um, I, I also like, you know, your body changes so much and I've let go of trying to get like, I don't know, get your body, pre- your body, body back, back or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bounce back or whatever. I don't even care about that at all. But um, I, yeah, I think just having the time to um, just be in your body and like be in yourself and not be like, you know, somewhere else externally is so important. And so I'm trying to, yeah, do twice a week, but I think both of those suggestions are like really great. And especially like, um, especially like the yoga thing as I, as she gets older, because I really do want to, uh, as a new parent, I'm also thinking everything I do is a model for like, you know, what I do is more important than what I say. And so um, if, creating healthy um routines and mm-hmm. um regiments and whatever is it if I want her to have those things one day then I need to do them myself and if I want her to take care of herself I need to take care of myself and really model what that's going to look like and so that's really top of mind especially as she gets older and starts really um uh, focusing and noticing these things so I feel like I that is something that I really, really want to do. And journaling is something I really want to do, but. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. I'm giving myself grace too. I think just, I don't try to put pressure on myself to like mm-hmm. do these self-help things, you know, because I think that can also lead to like shame and just like, okay, these are things I really want to incorporate and I'll slowly start, yeah. you know, taking them on and when it, when I find time, um, but just being really patient with myself and allowing myself 
some time to transition and figure out how to juggle and work in all the things I think uh I love that approach patience with yourself be kind to yourself I think that's the biggest thing like we tell people give yourself grace you know don't be so hard on on, hard on yourself you know you've been through a lot and you're going going through a lot right now and and um both good and bad right Um, or good and challenging right is more what I should say um and like you said, you know, it is possible to do. It's just making sure that you can make those adjustments, being flexible, yeah. um, you know, and asking for help. That is a bit, big thing too, right? Because they, they say it takes a village. There is a lot of truth, right? For that saying, um, and, you know, being able to see if you can get yourself some help, whether that is, hey, can, you know, friend, can you come over for like an hour and watch the baby while, you know, I go to the bins really quick and go, you know, and go get my stuff or whatever. It's just figuring out those things and reaching out to your community too. And, you know, asking for that help, asking your partner, you know, brothers, sisters, whatever it is, whoever it is in your life that you know that you can trust and feel confident in leaving your child or your children with, right? It's like finding, finding that out. So it's just, you know, having to rethink, right? And because we're, like you said, you, we were, we're so driven on being, doing it ourselves, yeah. I'm just going to get it done. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something I wish I would have done before giving birth is like having those discussion discussions with people in my life and be like, Hey, I know you said you wanted to help out and what capacity is, is that really like, put that on you know, paper. Are you willing to do this or that? <laughs> We're signing a contract I'm, right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please commit to X amount of hours per week. No. Yeah. Um, just like, what, what does that look like for you? Like, would you be willing to drop off food? Like, you know, and just like, actually, because everyone in your life is going to be like, Hey, if you need anything, let me know. But you don't really know what that means. And you don't really know what ways they're willing to help and which ways they're not. And so just having that discussion be like, Hey, what ways could you help or are willing to help in, in as little or big ways as possible? And like, what can you actually commit to? Because I don't want to I don't want to feel like a burden to you, but at the same time, I, I do think I'm going to need help. Need so yeah. just having those discussions before giving birth, because after you give birth, it's just, everything is changing and you don't have time for discussions anymore. Mm-hmm. And you don't have time to like, Hey, do you think you could do this for me? And you no. know, it's just you're just in the thick of it, right? Mm-hmm. It would have been really helpful. So yeah. Um, any expecting moms, maybe that's a little tip. Yeah. yeah I love it. I love it. Well, I know we are a little bit over time and we're, you're, you're very, very busy. I think the, the only um, last question we had talked about. So, you know, do you, what do you see really quickly for next for you? Like, are you, are you thinking, like you said, you're changing your model, like what's kind of sounding appealing to you? Maybe something you're like, I think that that could be a route that I could take instead of doing, you know, all these other things that I've had to cut out or something. Is there anything that you like are thinking about or want to share? Um, so I am, we are going to launch a business hopefully by the end of the year, which will change things. But I'm also thinking about, you know, I, something that motherhood has definitely like changed my perspective on is connection and like the importance of relationships. And I think I've really realized like what's important in life, you know, (laughs) which sounds cheesy, but, um, and that is like human, human connection. And so I've been like, if I'm going to be a part of this Riesling community, I want to like connect and engage. And I've been really playing around with what that looks like, but especially with limited time. So I've been doing lives every week, which I think has been for me really great because 
Um, I get to actually, you know, interact with human beings and I'm not just like pumping out content, but I'm actually, it's kind of more of a two-way street. Um, I want to potentially start a podcast because I think that's a form of content creation that I like because you can podcast like, you know, you don't have to like have makeup on. <laughs> you don't you can <laughs> podcast at like midnight if you need to. You don't need daylight. Um, and so I that's something I've been playing around with. Um, and then I'm I'm just really excited and curious to see how this business model pans out. And if it does well, I would love to figure out how I can help others like just in like copy paste it, you know, and figuring mm-hmm. out how to um you know help others basically do what I've done and see what that looks like I have no idea Uh, it's so much up in the air and if it fails also sharing why I think it might have failed so um but yeah I mean there are a lot of things that are just completely up in the air and just also being okay with not knowing you know being very okay with the unknown Mm -hmm. and like my future could look so different a year from now and for people who you know are goal oriented um that's kind of hard, but I've just, I think motherhood has, that's another lesson that taught me is just acceptance, acceptance of the here and now and acceptance that I just don't know. And that's okay. Right. No, I love that. That was very well said. Thank you, Mogi. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and if you do start a podcast, we anticipate an invite to be on there <laughs> yes. at least once. You know. Absolutely. I would love to have God. <laughs> and that's another thing is I think, Having a podcast will allow me to have just these discussions. I love having these discussions. So thanks for having me on, but just being able to talk to other resellers and yeah. pick their brains, I think would be really cool. So I'd love to pick y'all's brains. About yeah, by all means, we're usually the one interviewing people. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're like, let me talk about me for a second. Yeah, can we just talk oh about goodness. me for just, just one, one minute? No, podcasting is a lot of fun. It definitely... Um, makes you think differently about things. You have to be very mindful about dynamics of people and personalities and, and just kind of, it's something that, you know, I've learned over the three years, almost four years of podcasting. And Jen has definitely learned this year is that being yourself and not being afraid to like state the things that you want to state and, and stand by what it is that you stand by, even if the people don't agree with you, because people actually respect that. And they're like, okay, I don't agree with what you said, but I can understand where you're coming from. And, um, and just making connections with people that others have never heard of in the community or like giving people a platform to come on and just, just talk about things that they really yeah. enjoy or topics that they're so good at that Jen and I have no idea about and like yeah. having and learning from them. And then the community getting excited, learning from these different people. Like there's just so many great things about it. It's a more, um, personal way of creating content it's very different than youtube it's it's just and it's special it's a special relationship that you build with not only your listeners but with the people that are able to come on and stuff yeah i think every time i've been on someone's podcast i've had a vulnerability hangover afterwards because it's like so unedited you know and there's as opposed to youtube which you can cut things out entirely Mm -hmm. podcasting you know is just more off the cuff more just you know you can't really be anyone but yourself so I think that's really that speaks what you just said really resonates because of that and so yeah it's nerve-wracking but at the same time I think it does allow for that level of authenticity that you don't really necessarily get and my favorite podcasts are conversational ones so um yeah I love y'all's podcasts and (laughs) 
Aww, it went through my phone. I would Mogi. love to have y'all on. <laughs> so the day we found out that Mogi Beth listened to our podcast, we were like, really? Mogi listens to us? Okay, <laughs> yeah, we made it. <laughs> oh, no. I, I love, love y'all's podcast. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much. And thank you for being so open and, um, you know, having a really great conversation just about, like we said, the joys of motherhood and then you know, the challenges that now it presents for your business and, and, and the changes that happen for yourself. So um, again, we really do appreciate it. So hope you guys really enjoyed this. And, um, you know, like we'll, we'll be back, uh, you know, next week with another, um, you know, new mom, you know, kind of talking about her experience and everything that's going on there. But, you know, if you're listening and you feel like you have a story that you want to tell, you know, when it comes to you being a mother, if you've had different experiences, you're like we said, a veteran mom, um, you know, I would even love to talk to like some stay at home dads, whoever it is, you yeah. know, that's kind of out there. Let's, let's have this conversation and reach out to us and we'd be happy to, you know, look and see if we can have you on the podcast. Absolutely. Can't wait to continue this conversation. I think this series is going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Mogi, thank you. Thank you again for coming on and being our first one to have this conversation with. Yeah. Thank um, you so much for having me on. And I can't wait to listen to the other episodes in this series. It's gonna be- Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, everyone. We'll chat next time. Bye. Bye.